This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app. We've got something a little different for you today, but hopefully it's something you find interesting and maybe even helpful. If you know your lower league football, there's a very good chance you will have heard of Kevin Ellison. The Scouser and Boyhood Liverpool fan has played for the likes of Tranmere, Chester and Hull in a long and distinguished playing career that shows no signs of slowing down yet. Kevin will turn 40 in February and he's just getting ready to start his ninth season with Morecambe and it's fair to say it's one he's really looking forward to. Kevin took the brave step recently to reveal on social media that he'd battled depression for eight years. It's a battle he kept quiet from his family, and it's one he admits led to the breakdown of his relationship with the mother of his two kids. After seeking help, it's good to say that he's been in a better place for some time now, but it was only after seeing a number of fellow footballers do the same, like former Liverpool keeper Chris Kirkland, and most recently Crawley Town defender Mark Connolly, that he decided to speak out publicly. It's a decision he's glad to have made. It's helped him personally and it's also led to other players and fans getting in touch with him to ask for advice. This is Kevin's story. Enjoy. An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, Kevin, thanks very much for for joining me on this podcast. Uh, You're back in pre-season. Are you you enjoying it with Morecambe? Yeah, you're welcome. Good to be on, mate. Yeah, um, we were back yesterday. We've done a little bit of um, body fat and weight and obviously talking through our programmes and what we need to do throughout the season and such and then um, it was good to be back obviously on the training ground today even though we didn't kick a ball we had our trainees on running in this each which doesn't help being ginger and bald like but <laughs> it was good to be back and obviously as you say regarding stuff I think it, it is good for me personally just to get back involved in footy again Yeah we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute but God um, what, what, how many pre-seasons have you had now I think you know you're, you're pushing 20 years since you signed for Leicester you know you, you're 39 yeah, I think... now I hope you don't mind to remind that I'm 37 myself mate but you're well used to this now aren't you pre-season Yeah and I'll be honest with you I keep saying to the gaffer I think they get easier I don't know whether it's because I become fitter and they have to look after myself a bit just to continue to play to try and keep up with the young lads but I do. If you compare them to the Les Paddies at Tramia years ago, like when I first went there, I think that's still up there with the toughest pre-season I've ever had. Um, I was, what, 26 then, maybe 26, 25 when I was there. And I think his pre-season was horrendous. And the young lads nowadays, um, they do a four-minute thing and got a heart rate on it. If it goes over a certain thing, they have to step out and step aside where... Basically, Les had you running up Mulvamer until you dropped, and if you couldn't, if you couldn't run, you had to crawl the rest. That was basically it. So I do think, yeah, it's good. Pre seasons, I've got, I've gone a bit easier, but as you, as you say, I don't think for the season. I think um, overall, I think a lot of young lads get away with murder. Yeah, so but you seem as uh, as keen and strong as desire as ever. Yeah, it's just good. I, I, I still love football, and I think that's why I'm still playing. I know I spoke to like lads over the past, even like the last couple of days and weeks um, they're asking me how I'm still doing how I'm still playing touch wood I still get up of the morning don't get me wrong on a Monday I might be stiff from the Saturday game but I've got no problems I've been lucky enough I've had probably one bad injury in my career don't get me wrong I've had muscle injuries and that but um, I do enjoy it I, I really do enjoy it I still love the game and, and I love like I've started doing bits of the reserves on a Wednesday on my off day because that's where I want to go next and it's football's given me so much and I'd like to give something back obviously People say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. But me being in the environment and I know what will kind of affect certain people and I'm looking to go in that part of the game and um, 
but I still want to play as long as I can. I still feel good, as you say. I still into me 39th year, and I'll be 40 in February. So um, I'm feeling good and strong, and hopefully long may continue. Good to hear. Now, recently, uh, you put a pretty honest and emotional t- uh, tweet on on Twitter about how you battled depression during your career. And uh, for those who've not seen the tweet or know the stories, what was the the motivation to behind that to to come out and tell your story? Um, I, I look at it. Obviously, I struggled. If you've seen me, think obviously some won't, but it is worth a read. I've struggled for eight years regarding obviously a bit of depression and bits and mood swings, anger, and it all—it's all linked to depression. And I was going to be a person and someone that wasn't me, and I was turning to somebody that I didn't want to be. If you get me, and yeah. um, I've seen obviously a few over the recent months, and that I've seen a few come out, and I think. For me, not just to where I'm at now, I'm at a better place and happier, and that's all behind me now. And obviously, people say you still might have a bad day, yeah, but everyone has bad days, and that's where we're at. But regarding obviously that illness, I think it's well past me. Well, and I just I've seen a few people come out, and I was like, should I go out and speak? And obviously, no one knew even till I come out. Me ex girlfriend didn't, which obviously really? until you put I'd that, lost through until it. You put it on, on Twitter, she didn't know. Well. She knows, and she only found out through someone that sent her a message regarding a screenshot because I don't follow her on social media. That's yeah. how bad it becomes, do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. We're not together, like, on the Instagrams. I don't really, like, for whatever reasons, it's like we're where we are and it's part of the reason why. Um, it went, I was, what, for eight years I suffered. I've only been split with her for the last two. Yeah. So she, I was obviously living with her and I weren't me. If you get me, I was living at... Basically, I see it as a double life. It yeah. weren't me. Um, I was somebody, as I say, I never wanted to be. She'd pick up on it on bits, not like knowing I was going through stuff or knowing I'd been to see this certain person and that certain person. And yet, I'm sitting on the couch and she'd be like, oh, what's your mood swings? And, oh, you come home from football again, it's lost and look at your face. And she didn't understand what was going on inside my my head, in a way. And um, so, as I say, she only found out when basically the rest of the the country and the world found out when I let I let loose that um, I have been suffering the past eight years and I think as I say I'll go back to obviously you see Chris Kirkland lately you see Billy Key my level and Danny Rose of recent Danny Rose just before the World Cup saying about stuff but I think in its own when I've seen that Mark Connolly the kids for Crawley I've played against them the last couple of seasons and I don't know him personally as I say and um, we've kicked lumps out of each other and I've seen him come out on I come across it on Twitter, someone had liked it who I follow and I went on his little bio and story and read his little paragraph he put on and he has his Instagram there, obviously being nosy and I went to his Instagram and he was obviously put on there where he's at and what he's thinking. So for I don't know whatever reason it was, I don't know whether it was for me to get further on past my illness and try and help people now speak out and understand that it's nothing to be ashamed of and um, we've all got problems, we've all got issues, no one's perfect, we've made mistakes and it'll continue to happen in life, that's that's the walk of life we're in. You will get judged off people, no one understands what anybody's going through. You could be sat next to somebody on the couch, as I say, my ex-girlfriend, she didn't know what I was going through. Did she pick up on it? No, she didn't have a clue. There was only me, I never spoke to my family till I've only spoke to my family when they only found out my mum and dad when I released the, obviously that statement. The but statement. I think my... I think Mark Connolly, the kid for Crawley, when I seen his, I, I direct messaged him on Instagram just saying hello, mate, and how's things, um, see you this, you put this up, um, I can feel for you, and 
I think from the way he replied on the text, I think he was a bit taken back. And next thing, I had a little chat with him, and he's bigging me up, saying, "How can you? How can you have suffered when obviously you're 39, you're fit as this, and everyone hates you in the league, but to have you in your team, you score goals." <laughs> this this was his words to me. You score goals, you this. How can you be suffering? I was like, mate, it's all a smokescreen. There'll be hundreds and thousands of people suffering who won't speak out. I said, I'm just letting you know now that I'm here for you if you want to speak to me. I don't know him personally, as I say, but I felt like for the, for his little cry out type thing, it affected me in a way. Yeah. And as you say, I see Drew Broughton of recent as well. He's come out and yeah. he's had major issues of what where he's been in his life and what he's come through. Now, me playing when I played with him, I thought he was not mad in a sense. He was he was drilled. He was like a robot. He was a machine, basically telling himself he must win this header, he must win that, he must win this. So, obviously, he's going into the game with all these. If he didn't do that, we didn't know at the time. He was going home, beating himself up because he didn't win X, Y and Z header. When he's programmed himself in the tunnel before the game, we just thought it was like, that's the way he went into his football matches. Not knowing now where... He was suffering at the time. So the Connolly one was... Um, it was the one like say, the, spoke, the lightning rods kind of thing just to, for you to come out and say, I, I want to sell yeah, my piece as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just nothing to be ashamed of. Obviously, I've seen through and he's doing well for himself with all his mental health speaking. Now you see Billy Key probably had the best season of his life last year in Team of the Year. You see Chris Kirkland, Danny Rose, they've all played for England. Them two obviously don't struggle for money. It's not about money. Anybody can get affected. It, it it affects anybody. It doesn't whether you're rich or poor, whatever. It can it can honestly affect anybody. And everyone thinks, oh, well, just for instance, what we're talking about, we're in football. Oh, they're footballs. Well, they got to do what he's about. He's on this money. He's on that money. You've still got the same same thoughts in your head as the average person you walk past in the street. I've always kept my feet on the ground. I've never changed. I will never never be that. If anything, I hate big timers yeah. in football. That is a pet hate of mine. And I am as same as my neighbour next door. I've come from nothing, basically. I've got little bits, which obviously I've earned through the years, but I'm still the same old person. That's why, probably why I got affected. And but as I say, I think the Connolly thing was... Um, the one. He said to me, Mark Connolly, the lads, when um, he honestly said to me, I think you'd it'd be more of an impact if I was to speak out. And I was like, well, you've come out. So I was thinking to myself, you've come out. Why would it impact anybody else now if you've come out like... But, he basically, in a way, without saying it, he talked me round to me opening up. And as I say, I already had this little bit writ up, but could never, I'll be honest with you, it's been on my phone for months and really? months and months. Really? Yeah. Wow. But I could never press, I could never bring press myself end. to, yeah, in fear of judgment again, where I thought I'd left all that stuff behind, which obviously I have done. But there was still something in me that I needed to maybe tell the outside world that. I'm all right and it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think he made me do that. And as I say, I had to edit little things and delete because the stars of it was like, maybe it was, I was like, the last one was in Dubai. I changed it there when I was thinking, I'll just tell people here now while I'm sat on the beach with me two kids. Yeah, I'll tell people about my problems. Just, I felt like I needed to, for whatever reason, just to get over the final. Well, obviously I was over it, but just to put it to bed, if you get me. Just yeah. that thing. And so I did, was like sent it and I was like I was for four or five times I was like itching like where you want to press it but something's telling you not to press the button and eventually when I pressed it I'll be honest for a good minute or two before a reply came I was in fear of judgment again yeah. of what people are going to think of me i.e. he told me everyone he 
looks up to you, it's this, it's that, it's this. But then when you're in nothing, you think you're worthless. You Obviously, you're ashamed of stuff. You shouldn't be this, you shouldn't be that, you shouldn't be this. This is what depression does to you. But for me, when I released that, when I pressed that button, it was like a massive relief come over nice me. It was like, I used to just, as I say, for instance, I'd be sitting there with my, like, my ex-girlfriend at the time and she'd be shouting at, like, saying stuff to me and then I'd be sad, having a chat, how was your day in work, this and that. She'd come, like, go in the kitchen and come back in and she'd go, what's up with your face? What have I said now? But it wasn't there. It was like, I could feel a cloud coming over me, yeah. which I had no control over. It was, it was something that I could feel coming from my head and rushing through my body to my toes. It was weird. It was horrible. And I can understand Billy Key says he's seen a rat. He had a rat. That was his one. Yeah. But mine was some sort of cloud, which I had no control over. And she'd be like, what's up with your face? You're just being fine. And I'd be like, no, I'm okay. But I couldn't speak out and I couldn't stop this thing. Whether I tried or not, I couldn't stop this cloud coming over my body. And it, it, it weren't nice. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, touch wood, I'm past all that now. But it just, I honestly thought... For me speaking out, I might have had a little bit of an impact on other people's lives, whether people think I, I don't or I do. I've already helped certain people. I've had lads come to my house since that tweet oh, yeah. last Thursday. Footballers or just who, friends or, or just you know. these are. I've had footballers come to my house. I've had friends text me who have opened up to me and I've like, well, the doors here come and speak to me and this and that and then we're going to arrange stuff. And I've had three footballers I've seen who I don't play with them. I, I've never been in the same team as them. They're a lot younger than me. I know them through friends of friends or from the Liverpool circle, i.e. And they've come to me and said they felt more comfortable coming to speak to me. And I was like, well, I I'm probably was like you at the time, but maybe you need to go and see somebody. And they're like, can I just see you for a, yeah. a couple of times yeah. or speak to you if I'm feeling down? I was like, yeah, not a problem, but I might not be your answer. My door's open for you there. I thought this kid, like, yeah, boss contract here, got another two years elsewhere this and that and thought he was in a good place obviously but he's not he's come to me and I'm like so me and me personally now I'm trying to talk him to try and go to the PFA yeah. and speak to them and, and obviously go a little bit further before it does get to will he get to my situation where they were gambling that I never got to gamble and I never got to drink I never took medications I was offered the medications didn't take them maybe that's why it took me eight years to get where I am yeah would have I took the medication? Would have I got there earlier? Yeah, maybe. Was the side effects of that, which at the time I didn't want any side effects. I thought I was going through enough, but I was having other side effects of other thoughts coming into my head and other things happening. So as I say, and then I've got a, um, a fan who I played against earlier on in the season and done well against them and they was giving me stick as they always do. And <laughs> the gaffer took me off the last couple of minutes and the whole ground stood up, applauded me off the pitch. And then the next thing, he started following me on Twitter, giving me a bit of stick because he had banter with him in the game. And He's kept in touch, obviously, at the end of last season when we were on a bad run and was like, hope you don't go down. I want to see you at this place next year and that. And um, sent me good messages every Saturday morning. He'd send me good luck. So I've become like a bit of a pen pal friend with yeah. him yeah. without actually knowing the fella or seeing him. So the next thing, it was like, I put that tweet out on the Thursday. Um, within a couple of hours, he obviously direct messaged me and said... Um, Basically, along the lines of, cheers, big man, you've saved me life. I'm like, wow. what are you on about, mate? Wow. He said, I can't apprehend what you've been through. I'm going through, like, obviously similar stuff at the time. You wouldn't have known. He said, um, I've just opened up to my family because of your tweet. He said, I've just told me, obviously, wife and daughter. They've just given me a big hug, a kiss. I'm going to get help next week. They've agreed with me. They're going to help me out. I've been suffering for years without them knowing. Now, just for 
for that impact alone, my little tweet has helped somebody there and I will help others and others have come to help. But I'm not a doctor. That's what I said to no. them. I'm like, I'll give you my experience and what I went through and my feelings and what, which and what. But go and seek help. Go and speak to somebody medical who can help you properly. For instance, there's that, I'm just go back to the lad, the fella who's obviously off Twitter. He's texted me again. He's been to see him today because I texted him good luck yesterday. And he's like, he didn't know. I'd still remember when he said he was going on yeah. Friday to see the guy. This was last week. So I texted him yesterday. Good luck tomorrow, mate. I'm proud of you. Go and do it for your family. Now he's texted me before he's been to see him. And obviously he's going to get more further help. Which Thanks. for me, I got goosebumps. I was crying there yeah. looking in the car with the lads. Because yeah. just for that, I've had one impact on somebody's life there. Just from what I've been through. And that, that's the great thing, I think, you know, I can imagine you're going to help fellow footballers because only they know, like you know, what that environment is, the pressurised, contacts, performances, stick, manager selection, all the rest of it. But I personally think you will help normal fellas like me and everyone else and that guy you were talking about there because I do think sometimes as as men, we kind of look to footballers and go, oh, well, they got no problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I, I, think do, if, I do also believe that. And I think that's why half of the people, because I, I can guarantee, I'll go in that, I can go in that dressing room again today There'll be people struggling there. They won't tell you. They're afraid because you are you're in fear of judgment. And as you say, we're seen as footballers, role models. This, just we all make mistakes. We've all done things we're not proud of. We've all got the same wavelength of brain as everybody normal civilian on the street. We're no better than I. Well, I'm personally, I'm no better than my neighbour next door to me. I've never thought I was. Yeah, but you do. As a footballer, you do fear, as you say, of speaking out and getting judged. I think. In a football environment, I think a bit of weakness is preyed upon in a, in a wrong way. It shouldn't be, but I think it does. And I think everyone obviously says about me, I'm meant to be this, I'm meant to be that. How can you suffer with that? That's me. I did suffer. Yeah. Did it affect me when I played football? I don't think it did. I think football played a massive part in helping me get through it. Yeah. For just forgetting, like, training, OK. It might have had me bad days in training where I'd be a bit angry. Like, I have to say, what's up with you, Kev? Bit, bit angry today. I go, not and I'm fine. He didn't know what I was going through. Yeah. He only spoke to me the other day. He didn't want to text me last week when he obviously someone had told him at the club I'd tweeted something. He only spoke to me because he wanted to see me face to face. Ask where am I? What am I? I've told him on my kids' lives. I'm fine. I'm un- I'm past all whatever. I said he said, Well, why didn't you say stuff? So you've been suffering since I signed you. I was like, Well, Gaffer, I'll be honest with you. Me, my age, personally, I think if I'd have told you something and I'd have had a crap season, you probably wouldn't have took me on next year. Yeah. Use the thought of that demons. That's the pre- that's that is the environment. Vicious that's the circle world we almost, live in. isn't it? Like it is, yeah. So you you do try and speak to people and try and get help, but you're worried to go and say to someone else because, as you say, it it will come round in a vicious circle. It's like the doctor, for instance. It was last like a couple of years ago. Our new club doc come in, and obviously I'm quite loud and outspoken around the drain changing room and around the ground, and even I didn't change that. People would never guess what I was going through. But yeah, the doctor picked up on it one day and he was like, Kevin, you all right? I was like, yeah, why? Fine, doc. And he's like, you're not right. You're just sorting up with you. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'm sound, doc. What's the matter? And he's like, okay, okay. So you're all right? He's like, yeah. 12 months down the line, I went and seen him. He was, I was like, doc, can I have a word? He's like, yeah, why? What's up? And I was like, listen, no one, you mentioned that, obviously. And he knew straight when away. I said this straight away. He said, well, I told you. And I was like, I know, doc, but I'm speaking to, because I spoke to him a little bit before like this is obviously while I was seeking help this was yeah. a couple of years ago when I said listen I said doc I won't tell no one because it's seen as a weakness it's played upon and me being my age especially 
I don't want people upstairs or the gaffer next door thinking if I had a bad game or this and that, that it's all down to that. Because football, as I say, football was my release. I could forget everything for then. It was before and after, maybe. So that's where I was at with him. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, as I say, I do. It is a, as you say, it's a stigma of, especially a, a man's thing. It's like big macho thing. It's not like yeah. that. You'll, you'll see. I, I cried. I physically cried when I seen the first guy. Yeah. I cried him, and he was like, I couldn't really speak. And he's like, for the whole hour, I was trying to get me words out. I couldn't for what it, like for the where I was at. And he said his words was me. Don't worry if you cry. I've had bigger, harder yeah. men sit in that chair than you there. So. I'm not here to judge you. And I think that's the main thing. I think, okay, like, yeah, me speaking out, it's like people won't go to the families or, like, obviously the lad who's come to see me last week, he won't go to his family or his friends or that because in fear of judgment, he felt comfortable coming to me who I didn't really know. Well, I felt the same as him. I felt more comfortable going to a stranger and opening up to him and telling him all my problems, my thoughts, my worries rather than go and tell my mum and dad or my girlfriend I lived yeah. with for 18 years. That's where I was at, for whatever reason. And that's why I try and tell people now, speak out, because it is maybe go and speak to somebody else before you get comfortable telling people. Yeah, You yeah. might need that, obviously, without the fear of getting judged and when you think, like, oh, you're worthless, you're this, you're that. And that, that guy, he's not going to judge you. The man in the chair face is not going to judge you. He's there to help you. And, you know, the response you've had has been so good and, and rightly so, because it's a brave thing, you and all the other football footballers who have done this in recent times. Advice, would you, would you you know, if you had your time differently, would you have told your family? Or is, has I definitely would have, yeah. I, I honestly believe if I'd have told my family, even my ex-partner, I wouldn't be the situation I'm in today. But at the same time, if I didn't tell them, would I still be doing X, Y, and Z yeah. and making her life miserable, being, being basically being not me, if you get me. Yeah. So, in a, in a good sort of way, it's a massive relief just for, for where I'm at and what I tweeted. It's lifted another part and buried a bit more, even deeper, would some would say. It's buried it deeper for me to move forward and look forward. Okay, I might have lost the kids, mum. But I've still got two boss kids. Yeah. I still do something for a living that people dream of. Yeah. I'm I'm no better than anybody else. I've just worked hard and I've got it's, certain things have paid off for me. I wouldn't think I'm better than the normal person in the street. And as you say, I do honestly, when I sit down now and think about it, I do wish I'd have seeked help earlier and obviously spoke to people that I thought loved me, who do love me, but would never have judged me, but yeah. my thought was the first thing they was judge me. Yeah, it's very difficult, mate, and I think you've done a brilliant thing. And if I think you've probably touched on it now, but if there were other if there were other fellas, scouts listening to this, not particularly footballers, and they, they have got feelings like what, what you experienced, what advice would you give? I think you've just said it there, but if you could just spell it out, what would you do in, in their situation? No, I think as you say, it's not just for scousers, but I think scousers do come across very macho, don't they? Especially when you come across them in football and that. It's always like, ah, Kev Ellison, a scouser, he thinks he's this, he thinks he's that. Or I'll go and play against someone who might be at Berry and I think, look at this little scouser chirpy as hell and that. But he could be going through the same thing as me. Is that why he's chirpy? You don't know. But as you say, just for people listening, it is just speak out, go and speak to your family. If you can't speak to them, go and speak to somebody else who you think won't judge you. And then... Once you're quite confident and 
it's about trust as well. Trusting somebody you speak to. I think when I spoke to that guy, I trusted him for a bit, which I might have been with my girlfriend for 18 years. I didn't trust speaking to her. I couldn't find myself being confident or, for whatever reason, speaking to her about what I was going through. For whatever reason, I don't know. Still to this day, should have I spoke to her? 100%, yeah. yeah. But for people listening there, I think the massive thing is everyone's got problems. Everyone's got issues. We all deal with them in a different way. Don't be ashamed and don't fear what other people think. You see stuff on social media. Half it's not real. 100% not real. Definitely. And you're, so, you're proof positive. You can come out the other side, can't you? You you seem to be doing well. You're speaking brilliantly here. Is, and, and is life better now, like for yourself? Yeah, definitely. As I say, I do feel in a, the best mindset I've been for a long, for as I say, for over eight years. Okay, I did struggle. People didn't know me issues. But for me, just speaking out, I feel in a better place. I'm a better person for it. Whether the ex will say I am is a different <laughs> thing. But do you know what I mean? I can laugh about it now because that's where I'm at. Yeah. I couldn't, I'll be honest, I couldn't have spoke to you a year or two down like ago. I'd have probably broke up crying. I near cry now when I get them text off and the direct messages off Twitter because I'm helping somebody. And you've I'm crying with before. joy because, yeah, because I've been there and know what he's going through. And just for, as I say, for me to have an impact on that guy's life is it's amazing how life. So, so something so little to me I've written text out can go and affect somebody's life so yeah I am in a better place for speaking out and it's not all doom and gloom okay you have your bad days I've had my bad days in the past will I get them in the future I probably will but for the last year or so I've been the best person I could probably be yeah. I'm better for a dad I'm better for me and hopefully this season as I'm kicking on again I'll hopefully be better in my job and that's what it boils down to. Definitely. We'll come on to your football now after that. Those brilliant words there, mate. You can hear from your voice. You're a scouser. You grew up in Anfield, didn't you? And a big Liverpool fan? Yeah, I grew up on Breck Road, which is obviously a stone throw from it is, yeah. obviously Anfield. I grew up obviously supporting them, watching the the end of Daglish, Barnes, Rush. Obviously that area. Um, I used to obviously go and stand on the cop back then. And um, To be honest, I even done my work experience in 15. I'd done it making the new air conditioning for the, <laughs> the new cop. I played a part in that, to be honest. I've got the drawing still in my mum's loft Brilliant. of all the air con there because that's why I've done my work experience. But um, as you say, yeah, I did grow up supporting them and I did love them growing up. Do you know what I mean? I obviously played there for a few years as well in the centre of excellence back yeah. then. The kids nowadays have got the academies, which quite lucky, but back then it was the centre of excellence, Vernon Sangster and at Melwood. Yeah, of course. And you, then you went into non-league and then probably teams then you play last they played in the Premier League with Leicester didn't you but you're probably around this where you're best known for your spells at Chester Tramia now Morecambe obviously played for whole big clubs in your time and you were talking about one of the players there you, 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 you one of your heroes growing up Ian Rush you got a chance to play for him didn't you at Chester City in your first spell there. yeah it was, it was brilliant to be honest obviously um, Rushy I grew up watching him and obviously what I know about him as my dad worshipped him being a mad Liverpool fan my dad used to go home and away back then Um I did grow up looking at him and obviously because he scored goals I think Barnes was more like who I wanted to be like yeah. but Rushy because of the goals I think if you speak to any Liverpool fan they, they will mention him from the past and as you say I was I was honoured enough to um, to work under him at Chester and unfortunately he did sell me he said he didn't want to but he, he, he sold me from there so um, I did have a good six or seven months with him and I did enjoy my time and 
to be honest, he did put some some great finishing sessions on, and um, just being in his presence and the way he spoke. Obviously, I looked up to him as a kid, and he was my hero, one of my heroes, yeah. as I say. And for him to obviously, when you come off the pitch and you've scored a got winner or this and that, and for him to come over and pat you on the back and say, "Well done, hello, this and that," and for somebody like that who you grew up watching and admired so much, for him to say that, it was like it was mind blown. Yeah, and your career's gone. You went to Hull after that, didn't you? And then eventually come back to the North West. You, you look on your CV, you go on Wikipedia, you've had a very long and varied career. You must have a lot of pride with what you've done and, and what you're doing. Yeah, but this comes down to obviously that I probably appreciate it more now. I'm in a better mi- mindset if you if, if it get me. Not going back to where I've been in the past, but yeah. as you say, over the last eight years, I've become to not be myself and judge myself and fear of what other people and, and not really appreciate what I've done for myself and for my family. Yeah. I know I haven't been here or done that, but for me personally, if you'd have told me when I left school I would eventually be a pro, I'd have said no because I didn't do a YTS. I went and worked. I went and played part-time football. Is that why I'm still playing now? Do I appreciate it more than yeah. others? Maybe I do. But as you say, I, I do sit back now and actually... I am overwhelmed of how good, actually, when it sinks in, I'm still playing to this day, how good it actually is for me as a person to realise what I've actually done in the game. Whether I haven't won this promotion or have been relegated here, that's irrelevant to everything. I've lived my dream. I'm still doing it. And i totally not blown my own trumpet, but I'm sitting back at times, and I do the last year or two especially. I appreciate what I've actually done for myself and for my family. Definitely. And as you say, you're pushing forth, as we said at the top of this podcast. There's not many too many footballers, you know, off the top of my head who still do that. Giggs is the one that comes to my mind. But you're with Morecambe, and you had a really difficult season as a club last year. I don't know if Liverpool fans are aware of it, but there were off-the-field problems, wasn't there? And then you survived on the last day of the season to stay in the Football League. But since then, it looks like the, the corner's been turned a little bit, hasn't it? There's players coming in, there's new owners. It, it feels like there's a real optimism about the club at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I think the, there's a buzz back there from a few years ago when I, first, when I probably first joined and then a couple of years after. But I think if you look over the last 18, two years there, I think there has been upstairs board problems um, there's been different owners and there's owners took over and once they took over and payday was meant to come they've gone missing and, and they've left it with somebody else and then he won't pay because he's on the board and well we own the club and no you don't we've got it on paper yet no we own the club there was I think they was had six or seven owners at one time who were saying they were the owners but weren't paying wages if you get me so I think um, but as you see the last Towards the end of last season, before our the Coventry game, we needed a point at least to stay up in the Football League. We got new owners in the week leading up to that. Yeah. Um, why somebody would buy a football club a couple of days before the season, knowing it's the club's in the club's history, the biggest game, regarding obviously staying in the Football League or going to the conference, is to this day I still don't know if you're a <laughs> businessman. I don't know why why you would do that, but obviously they've took a gamble and it's paid off. We got the result we needed. We did struggle. Um, last year massively um, did certain things affect it off the pitch I, I do honestly believe they do and um, I think if you look at it now the new owners have come in and in May and we've made a few good signings good players who were not just players who were on the scrappy these are lads who other clubs were after we've gone and got them um, bad meetings yesterday and Andy Gaffer said 
he's looking to bring another five lads in. So as you can imagine, the lads sitting there are like, oh crap, here we go. <laughs> Who's going next? So if he's going to bring five more in, does that mean five are going or whatever? Do you know what I mean? But it does look in a better better position than especially for the last two years, as you say, what the club has been through. Um, it does look in a healthier position now, obviously on and off the field. Good stuff. Are you still a fan as a player? I know when you're playing a 46 league game, probably 50, 60 in total each season, it's hard to get to the game to Liverpool, but are you still a Liverpool fan? You still watch them when you can? I still watch them. I have banter with the lads. I always say I wind the lads up, you see, because Liverpool, when I was 15, they released me, you see. So, yeah. um, obviously, they break your heart. So, the next thing, it's like, oh, I can't be a footballer now that the team I love and admire and wore a kit every day. Yeah. Um, Slepping um, seems to release you. Without being bitter back then, it's obviously you're it's a kid, hard, you don't understand bitter. Yeah. yeah, you don't understand bitterness and that, but when you're a kid, you know what I mean? You've just seen the club who's, who like you supported growing up and your dad's followed around, not just the country, the world, yeah. um, break your heart in a way, if you get me. But it is, I do follow them and obviously um, I wind the lads up, obviously saying like bits and bobs about other teams. They're like, who are you supporting this week? I'll say Chelsea, they'll say this, <laughs> they'll say that, you know what I mean? But I just do it as a wind. I love football and obviously if Liverpool play, I want Liverpool to, to win. Whoever they play, if Everton play, I want them. I just love football now. It's more, not that I don't support them. I'll go and watch them. I went and watched them in the Champions League final. I was in Dubai, obviously. Yeah. It was on a bit later there. I kept the kids awake with matchsticks in their eyes <laughs> to try and watch the match. Because me little, me little lads are mad Liverpool fan. And um, yeah, it is. It's I do still obviously follow them. Do you know what I mean? It's um, But as I say, I, I love football and any type of football. And But the main thing is that I want my local teams. Even Tramia. I yeah. play for Tramia. Um, did they have the best times there? Personally, I don't think I, I produced the goods that I know I can produce there. Did they get a bit of stick? Yeah. Did they stick up for certain lads who were getting stick? Yeah. Is that why they didn't like me? Maybe. But they were another team. Who, they were one of the first ones. I'd look for their results. I always look for Chester's. Yeah. Did they are the teams, because they're close to me, they are the teams I always think of. But yeah, I'd say Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. Just checking the results first. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you giving us all this time and being so honest and candid like you have been on, on Twitter recently. And I hope what, what your words are and the, the words you've done on other radio shows and other newspapers help other footballers, help other men as well, because I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will, mate. Yeah, hopefully, mate. And as I say, if, if, as I say, if I can just make an impact on somebody just to go and get a bit of help, um, me speaking out and being open, which at the time... I was probably ashamed of. It's nothing to be ashamed of, and just to help somebody, it's um, it, it will be more than more than help. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.